The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Thanks for joining the FX Missions Leadership Moment. This is a multi-part series in Profiles in Leadership. If you're not already subscribed, please do so at leadersmoment.org or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Leadership Moment and you'll get the rest of this conversation as it unfolds. Thanks for being with us. Enjoy. I think we can forget that we are in a process. It's going to take our entire lives to complete. I mean, that is the way it works. We we, right. we hit incremental highlights just like he did. But I think if we're faithful, we cross the finish line with faithfulness like he did. In order to do that, we've got to keep that kind of in front of us, right? The horizon. Right. We've got to keep that, the belief, uh, you know, the presence of the dream or what's been illuminated to us. At It's got to stay in front of us. And then we've got to, even in an embattled scenario, we've got to keep that dream, keep belief pointed in the direction of what's been promised to us. That's right. And not let go or turn back or lose our way or whatever it is. So that That's clearly right. was something he did. And sure. very key point. Very key point. What else do you what else comes to mind here? And I know we've got a lot of stuff here that we could unpack, but uh, what what else is in those top highlights, things you want to make sure and emphasize? Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, one of the other things too, and this was, this was fascinating to me. I forget now who it was that, that pointed this out the first time that I noticed it. But if we take a step back even further and we look at, at Abraham and we remember what happened, he was promised a, a son and, and so, you know, he goes about it his own way and he ends up with Ishmael, but then later right. he gets Isaac. What I find very fascinating about Joseph's story is that whenever he is put in the pit and saved actually by one of his brothers that decided, you know, hey, let's not kill him, but let's put him in the pit. But right. then it says, then the Ishmaelites were passing through. And that's who they ended up selling Joseph to that took him into Egypt as, as a slave. So that's really fascinating to me that even going back to Abraham and looking at what Abraham's mistake was, you know, trying to bypass, you know, God's process. Here we are again, enjoy the journey in the process, trying to shortcut the process. We get Ishmael and the Ishmaelites are the ones that, that, that buy Joseph and turn him into a slave and, and take him into Egypt to fulfill the promise, which is really crazy because we've got two different times now that there was something that was meant for harm that turned out that it was part of God's process. So it's, you know, and, and I say that because I think people get discouraged by making 
what they would consider a wrong decision or a bad decision in life. And if we just take a notice that of all the different stories and parables that we have that God's given us through his word, if we just take a step back and realize that no mistake is too big to be corrected and take that angst and that worry and just lay it down. Because if all we do is just go back to the original vision, the original dream, and understand again, it's all part of the process and the journey. And take our hands off of it and just realize we do our part. God does his part. And if we just could get ourselves out of the way, I think that a lot more people would see success. The second thing I would say to that too, though, is that we have to celebrate the small milestones. And I think that that's where we can get fixated. I'm not going to celebrate until I achieve whatever your, your goal is. I think sometimes that we get discouraged because of the length of time that it takes. And I think that one of the things specifically for me is if I will pick smaller milestones to celebrate. And whenever I say celebrate, go have dinner and celebrate, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about a huge elaborate celebration, but just something that's an acknowledgement of progress because progress is what keeps us coming back. And, you know, even with Joseph, whenever he was in prison and whenever Pharaoh called for him, he shaved and he changed his garments because he knew like, I've got a chance. Here's my mm-hmm. chance. And that was two years after he had interpreted the baker and the, uh, the butler's dreams and they forgot about him. And so for <laughs> two more years, he's sitting in prison, but whenever his time came, he embraced it. He was like, I'm, he shaved There's significance and mm-hmm. relevance to that, that we can come back to later down the road. Then he also changed his guard just to make sure like, I've got one shot at this. I'm going to give it my best and I'm going to look my best. So mm. always be prepared. Wow. He met the opportunity there. I mean, he saw the opportunity mm. and he met it with preparation. Absolutely. Uh, that that's well uh, got cleaned up. <laughs> mm, that's right. That's well said. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I really appreciate, uh, appreciate that about, about him, you know, just his consistent. See, as we've already noted, even in the face of, I think he must have went through a big process between the time that he told the baker and the butler their their dreams, and that two years, that window there when they forgot about him. Obviously, his remarks were found valid. You know, right. I mean, he he. He got it right, you know, on the dream mm-hmm. interpretation there. And of course, you know, who could forget that? I mean, because the one who lived right. <laughs> was the only witness. That's uh, right. And he, he owed his kind of owed his, uh, he had, had a lot riding on Joseph's interpretation. But That's right. as it were, that process was still being worked, I think, in Joseph, even during those last two years. Yeah. I do remember that he said, hey, guys. This is what's going to happen, but uh, don't forget me. That's right. So there goes more of that presence. He was present mm-hmm. in his circumstances, and he was paying attention to how the Lord might open the door for him, which ultimately, mm-hmm. he, that's the way he opened the door through Pharaoh's dream. Yeah. Even at that, it wasn't opened immediately. Yeah. What a guy. And I think another thing, too, is uh, we're talking about the preparation, meeting opportunity, as you said. I think one of the things, too, is that whenever he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, there was humility in the way that he went about giving him the strategy as well. So he did the interpretation, 
which was great and and it was received. But then he went a step further and he gave the strategy. And I think that that was something that was, you know, that was above and beyond. So not only just serving him by doing the interpretation that none of the magicians or the the wise men could, mm-hmm. could understand, but then he went above and beyond and said, here, by the way, this is how you actually execute on, on these dreams and what I'm telling right. you. And then yes. he says, make sure, and I, I can't remember verbatim, but it was something along the lines of make sure that you find somebody that's wise enough to do this. So mm-hmm. he wasn't even thinking of himself as being the one to carry <laughs> out the plan. It was just like, hey, I'm just going to give you all of this and give you the strategy, but just make sure you find somebody that's smart enough to handle this. Right. And then Pharaoh goes, wait a minute, hold on. What about you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you know, and I can personally attest that, that I've had that happen in my life, you know, mm-hmm. and never expecting that that was going to be the reason, but just the, the ability to serve someone. And, and I say serve someone, you know, if it's a word of knowledge, if it's, you know, the ability to go help people, you know, move a piece of furniture, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to serve in that capacity that leads to, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that talk about the power of proximity and, you know, even you and I, our, you know, relationship going back, you know, almost 20 years now and, and then coming back together, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, it's just because of our proximity, now people get the benefit. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's something for people to continuously consider is, who are you in proximity to? Because once Joseph got in proximity of Pharaoh, he gave him everything above mm-hmm. and beyond. And yes. because of that, then he became second in command only to Pharaoh. And so mm-hmm. that power, I mean, it exponentially grew. And, you know, it, some could argue he was the second most powerful person in the world because Egypt yeah. was the only one that had stored up, you know, for the famine. And right. so- Everyone had to, and this is another thing that was fascinating that captured my attention. Everyone that wanted to buy food from Egypt bought it from Joseph. Mm. So he himself was the one making the merchant exchange, which I found very fascinating because Mm -hmm. he's second in command. He could have allowed anybody to do that, or he could have commanded any of his servants Uh to be the person (laughs) to do that, but he chose to do it himself. Right. And so- Just a lot of different nuances that are so fascinating to me. Wow. There's so much there that I want to comment on. I'm getting, as has been my prayer with these profiles in leadership as we're starting, obviously, this process. You know, my prayer is that the Lord would not only show us something we haven't seen, but inspire us in meaningful ways and help us connect to the examples he's already given us in terms of leadership. So that's happening to me over here, bro. I'm blowing up. I'm blowing up here. I I think I'm with you. I think Joseph did say like, hey, Pharaoh, make sure that you find a wise and a faithful man to be able to execute this Mm -hmm. process because it's going to be key for everything that you've seen in the dream. And I do think it was a little bit taken in by surprise. Pharaoh said, you know what? I I think I'm going to find a wise and faithful man to do that. It's you. You know, right. it, we, we, I think we, the Lord's going to catch us by surprise like that when mm-hmm. we meet opportunity with preparedness, like we mentioned sure. before, that we're going to come into places and get into situations where our lives suddenly take a leap forward. Mm-hmm. And the Lord in his will and in his goodness and in our obedience to him and in following him, 
he has he doesn't get gratified by our lives being minimized. You know, right. he wants to maximize the uh, wisdom and insight and the faithfulness and he, you know everything that he's put in us individually as attributes. He wants to maximize that for the maximum impact and for the maximum mm-hmm. fruitfulness to bring himself glory. That's our unique opportunity. So I think that really is is punctuated to me here with what yeah. you're saying with Joseph. And also, it also speaks to folks about the merchant exchange thing. That speaks mm-hmm. to folks about, hey, you know, Joseph was a sales guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey, a lot of us sales Always guys can relate, me. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he brought it. this he brought it up a whole level when he became a sales guy or mm, a thousand sure. levels maybe but uh, for yeah. sure okay that just impacted me it's thank you <laughs> he Steve, was. for all the people that think that sales is a dirty word no yeah. no joseph was a <laughs> sales a beautiful guy. thing yeah, yeah. and right. you know i think is generally understood that egypt was in a power position on the world landscape before the famine. But the famine and all just what Pharaoh saw in his dream, what Joseph interpreted and all those things, that put them into uncontested power. They surged to the front of the world because the whole known world was in famine and at the brink of extinction. All the money, everything they had to trade, anything of value became the property of Egypt. And I mean, yeah. I don't think uh, Joseph undercut the prize. <laughs> you know, he didn't, no, he didn't mark it down. Yeah. Of course, the ultimate intent of God was to save life right. and to save the lineage of the coming mm. Messiah. Man, hold on. You just hit something really strong. So he didn't discount it. He knew the value of what they had. And and even whenever his whenever his brother showed up the first time, they didn't come asking for a discount. They came and bowed before him and offered the money. Like whatever right. it was that was being asked, which we're not told, you know, the amount. But then he put the money back in their bags and sent them back. And right. so, it, but to your point, there, there wasn't any haggling. <laughs> there, there wasn't any negotiation. <laughs> right. It was, hey, I see the value of what you have because the value is if I, if I don't have what you have, I'm going to die. Right. And that, that's, a, that's, that's an interesting snippet that you just picked up on there. Mm. We don't well, always have yeah. to discount something just because we don't think that somebody's going to see the value. Right, right. And I think when we're, when we're convinced of our value proposition – not in an arrogant way, right? But in a way that we know that we can, we're going to be part of the answer in this situation, and we're going to be able to impact and, as Joseph did, bless others because of yeah. our involvement and because right. of God's favor on our lives. Then we can stand strong in our value contribution, and we can realize, hey, we're we're an essential and yes, a needed a necessary ingredient to this process. We're going to make our contribution or our company or those we're working with are going to make the contribution that we have to give. And it's going to be impactful, just like what was going on there with Joseph in an ultimate sense. Yeah. I think something else too, and this is for people that struggle with the thought process, I don't need that much money. And, you know, just to talk about money for just a quick second, Mm -hmm. if it hadn't have been, for Joseph being in his position. Now think about this. Joseph was a Christ follower, right? 
Well, let's say Joseph. Joseph had God in his heart. We'll oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Because uh, it's pre-Christ, but Joseph yeah. had God in his heart. He he was doing the right things. And if we didn't have a person at that level of position in place, it could have been a completely different outcome. So whenever we're given these opportunities and we have the 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 capacity to do so. I feel like we should never shy away from opportunities to gather because we can redistribute things, not to say that we're any better than anybody else, but we can redistribute things according to the way that we feel God is desiring us for. And you know, which is exactly what he did and became in control of everything. So, um, you know, just for, for the, for the people that, that might be shying away from that, embrace it and press into it. Because we never know what God's going to use it for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know the the subject of money. You know, it, it's a it's a battleground. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I I want to just emphasize too that God doesn't get gratification out of minimizing your life. That's right. You know, as the Scripture is clear. You know, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to offer us abundant life, a life of abundance. And that abundant life can be recognized and observed in Joseph. He was living a life of abundance regardless of his circumstances. But when it came time for him to be brought onto the world stage, he wasn't embarrassed about it. He wasn't nursing an insecurity. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times our feelings of insufficiency or we, we shouldn't do well, or we shouldn't have resources is coming from something else that's missing in our heart. I think when mm-hmm. the stuff in our heart gets sorted out and our insecurities get laid to rest and we see ourselves for what we should be seen in Christ and in his service, then we're going to be able to administer and manage and be steward mm-hmm. over things just like Joseph was. That's right. Powerful. Yeah, I don't think we've half unpacked Joseph, but we are out of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, let, but let's—I would like to give it another go, and I know there's a lot more to dig into there. We we did cover the before and after a little bit of Joseph, but let's think about maybe if we want to we want to unpack it a little bit more. There's a whole relational component mm-hmm. to Joseph that I'd like to dig in on. Okay. And I think there's some real keys to life and living and real keys to overcoming that we can appreciate from Joseph's life when it comes to relationships. For sure. One of the things, just as a teaser, is he didn't give in to Potiphar's wife, but we'll talk about the blessing that he did receive next time. Sounds great, bro. Really appreciate you joining me. And we'll we'll double back at an appointed time and get— Get another look into the life and example of Joseph when it comes to leadership. Now, if someone's listening here and they want to reach out to you for further input or something they would like to you know, discuss offline with you, is there some way you would like them to reach out? Kurt, what's the best way to contact you if someone wants to email you or, or reach out? Yeah, for sure. So uh, make it very simple. It's Kurt Kelly, K-U-R-T-K-E-L-L-E-Y at gmail.com. More than happy to answer emails and uh, for anybody struggling with anything, you know, from life to business and everything in between.
here's a resource and um, I don't know everything, but I know a whole lot of people as, as yourself, Scott, that are, that are knowledgeable in a lot of areas that uh, happy to direct people. Really appreciate it, bro. I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get turned around here and get another session going. As for me, I'm Scott McClelland with your FX Missions Leadership Moment, Profiles in Leadership, The Life of Joseph. Join us downrange for another session with Kurt Kelly. Thanks again for being here, Kurt. And if you need to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time, have a good one. Please join us for the continuing conversation, Profiles in Leadership with FX Missions and the Leadership Moment. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so by going to leadersmoment.org or just wherever you get your podcast, search for Leadership Moment. We should be there. Thanks for joining us. This Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.